What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello and welcome to the TOVG Podcast. My name is George Weedman, and I have Jimmy Belyakoff in here with me, as always. Hi, guys. My name is actually pronounced Belikov, but good try. Belikov, Belikov. <laughs> and today... Only been doing this for three months. <laughs> today, we have a very special guest in here, the delightful Jonathan Holmes, associate editor at Destructoid, the creator of such wonderful media products as Sup Holmes, the, pod, the Podtoid podcast, <laughs> Teenage Pokemon, talking with women about video games, and our favorite work of his is actually Art Hawk. <laughs> yeah, how, definitely. How, how are you doing tonight, Jonathan Holmes? I'm doing just fine. I had a long day at my day job, <laughs> and I rushed home to get this thing going. And because because mm. you're just the best. You rushed home from your day job to come on our little tiny hole in the wall podcast. Oh, thank every you. Podcast is great, and this one is particularly great. <laughs> oh well, thank you. So it's I'm because excited. you're on, Jonathan. No, Aww. no, no, no. This will be the episode that people write you hate mail about. Oh, great. We'll see. I can't wait. We'll see. Um, okay. <laughs> Maybe we'll actually get mail. <laughs> so, speaking speaking of hate mail, um, there was a lot, of, a lot of controversy over a recent story you wrote about Super Smash Brothers, mm. in which, um, yeah, okay, so it was like a defense of tripping, and I totally get it, but what actually fascinates me more than anything to do with the mechanics of Super Smash Brothers, and I don't know if that's legit or not, is a... Uh, why why do you think controversial opinions about Smash Brothers attract more readers than than more hard news? Huh. I'm I it'll be interesting to see for me anyway. Uh I'll be interested to see if it actually does have more hits than other stuff. Uh you will see a story on Destructoid that has eight comments, but it will have actually gotten more hits than anything else because it's news uh-huh. that people care about. But I think like 2% of our readers actually comment. Uh, yeah, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, yeah. in, in like a tweet that you made, you said that um, there was another story in, in the days after this um, this defense of tripping and Smash Brothers brawls about a Wii U game that uh, had proceeds going to oh, yeah. prevent LGBT funding. Yeah, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and like, you you pointed out, five people commented on that story, five-ish, <laughs> whereas, like, 500-ish oh, boy. wanted to talk about tripping and smash. Yeah, indeed. So, <sighs> Michael Pachter's show got cancelled. Did you guys hear? <laughs> <laughs> Michael Pachter doesn't speak for the consumer. He speaks about a thing uh, from the perspective of someone who has different priorities, his mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. money. I was speaking from the perspective, kind of, in defense of the game developer who decided to put Tripping in Brawl, and and as a result, I didn't mean to be antagonistic <laughs> towards people who hate Tripping in Brawl. But the internet was like, Brawl. no. 
Right. They saw, wait a minute, he cares more about the developer of the game than us? He can't stand! And they, they try to knock me down. They, they get very, if you say anything anti-video game consumer, anti-mainstream opinion of what is a good game, what is not, what is good value, what is not, what is the best video game console, what is not... If right. you try to offer an alternate perspective that may be critical or contrary to what the populace, who has decided, I mean, there's so many people <laughs> who feel such a warm, nestly, like back in the womb comfort when they go on the internet and say, I have the same opinion as everybody else. We all hate so and so. Oh, this is so good. I'm finally normal. Because so often they feel abnormal. I know I feel abnormal. I feel totally abnormal, but I've come to accept it. I've uh, been mm. at this for a little while. I figured mm -hmm. out there's nothing that great about uh, pretending that you're normal when you know that you're really not. So, mm. uh, but some people really, they, they, the, many of the commenters on there said they specifically went there because all their friends said that the, the story totally sucked. They skimmed it and then just left the most mean comment they could because it was, uh, it's what they call this outrage culture. I don't know if you've seen it on the internet. Oh, uh, I, I think I'm familiar with the concept yeah. a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. S somebody uh, makes a video game where there's a boob. And everyone, you know, how dare they, sexist, they sexified her, and therefore, not taking into account the, the, the context of the game, I always think of Lollipop Chainsaw uh, on this one, the context of the game, it all kind of makes sense, but if you only mm -hmm. look at her outfit and the fact that she sticks out her butt in like a couple of scenes, then you think, oh, sexism, then everyone gets outraged, Dragon's Crown, people are all outraged about that, or they get outraged on uh, on the outside uh, on the flip side, I mean, they'll get outraged that a game isn't horny enough there's not enough, what, they cut out my pedophilia in this game? Like, people are getting really oh mad about a game that removed the pedophilia, how dare they censor, they don't think I can handle the fondling of children, I was like do you know how you sound, oh, why are you outraged over that the out uh. and it's not so much the opinions themselves because they're all valid but it's mm -hmm. the fact that people take to the internet in order to join in this, like, Batman-like vengeance against those who have wronged them by <laughs> making a butt in a game. Or not enough butts, <laughs> you know? Either way, it's, uh, it's ridiculous to get that mad about something. If you don't like it, just say, oh, yeah, uh, I don't like it. Moving on. What? Yeah, it's it's kind of like, uh, like people, they, they think that when somebody provides evidence against the the opinion that they have mm -hmm. that they can't still feel entitled to that opinion mm -hmm. yeah like so so they have to just kind of like if i don't denounce the the opposition like immediately then then i i can't be validated in thinking this anymore i'm not allowed to if they win or something yeah it's really yeah it's looking and sadly uh the fighting game community is a very varied community Right. Uh, but there are a lot of people, stands to reason, in the fighting game community that love competition and winning. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you say anything, I mean, Adam Hart, who is one of the best fighting game players I know, he developed mm -hmm. Divekick. Uh, mm -hmm. He had a few opinions about video games, and people like passionately tried to uh, destroy him and denounce him and discredit him and get everyone to uh, boycott Dive Kick because he thought that Marvel vs. Capcom 2 is better balanced than Marvel vs. Capcom 3. So, you know, it's just the in that particular segment. Like, when I write about Animal Crossing, believe it or not, it's very rare that somebody, like, tries to take me down. 
<laughs> Some people may say, oh no, I prefer the one where you get to pick oranges more often, but they, I very rarely get like attacked over. So it depends on what game you play, in, uh, in particular fighting games. Mm -hmm. Most people I know who write about video games professionally, or even as a hobby, they're like, I won't write about fighting games. They will tear me apart. If I get one detail wrong, if I say one game is better than another game, if I... They will, and it, it's, I've seen it uh, time and time again. Like, every review for Blaze Blue we've ever done on Destructoid, people are still pissed about them. Like, it, <laughs> it's a community that a lot of the vocal people there uh, are ready to hate. It's sad, but true. Yeah, Do you think... Do you think there's a correlation between the competitiveness of the game and the kind of vitriol of the comment sections that media about that game gets? Absolutely, yeah. And mm. uh, But it's not... I don't want to paint with too broad of a brush. Uh, on the other hand, I've made pretty warm acquaintances. Like, just about every day I talk with about four different like high-level Smash Brothers players who thought the article was really interesting. They said they totally disagreed with my perspective but wanted to know more about it, and they've taught me so much more about it. So there are people who are really into fighting games because they just love to take apart the game piece by piece and, and look at the good and the bad in it mm. and uh, try to understand it because it's exciting to understand something. And likewise, they'll read an article like the one I wrote and be like, huh terrible i'm so interested tell me more and i uh, i've actually asked one of them to write an article for destructoid to follow up my article and now that i remember it i asked uh, michael molinari who developed a guy a game called sound dodger to write a follow-up as well which mm -hmm. was great he he was like i disagree with your uh perspective but it's it's fun can i write one too i'm like absolutely and it got wow. like 70 comments because he didn't say anything uh, against <laughs> the norm. So, yeah, it was a good article, though. You know, check it out later. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it actually, it kind of, this whole topic brings me around to like a, an idea that I've been kind of like mulling on for a couple of weeks. I don't know if you, uh, if you watched Ego Raptor's new sequelitis video. The Legend, Legend of Zelda one? Yes. Yeah. Why am I talking drunk? <laughs> uh, legend, legend it's uh, okay, I got it. I yeah, got it. You understood. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if you happen to watch that or not. But I was thinking about why that's the one that has been getting like a lot of hate. It's the one, the only one that doesn't have like a almost ninety nine percent like to dislike ratio and stuff. Mm, sure. And uh, like a, a lot of people have different like varying opinions on it and. Uh, I've, I've like I've listened to quite a few of them. A lot of the people that I hang out with didn't really enjoy the video. They thought it was a bit abrasive. They thought it was a bit more subjective than other videos. But I like it just kind of felt to me like it was the same video that was on a more abrasive topic mm. rather than being a more abrasive presentation. And that's why I feel that a lot of people were were sort of like ready to be in opposition to it, which kind of sounds like a similar thing to what's going on with this article and like articles in general oh sure if i had written about how sakurai is an idiot and tripping is the worst it would have gotten very few comments but it would, all the comments would have been right on dude uh yeah. and it's, it was... it's funny you would mention that i recently did an experiment with my friend jim sterling's writing mm -hmm. uh i wrote this like 15 page uh article about outrage culture that I'm probably not going to post because <laughs> I realize that everyone who agrees with it will say, yep, 
and everyone who is in outrage culture will just be mad that I'm calling them out and they will just get mad and it's, they'll it's, say a lot more than just yep like, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. thing about yeah, those guys it's not gonna yeah. get me anywhere it's uh, either preaching to the choir or just throwing bees at the choir and neither <laughs> of them are really but I you know I wrote about it to, to get some thoughts out I'm gonna try to uh, change it around a little bit and make it a little bit um, more palatable for both sides of the uh, docket on that. So, but anyway, as part of that, I sent some people I know in real life some articles by Jim Sterling, and these are people who love Final Fantasy, uh, hate Nintendo, uh, love Sony, and love Assassin's Creed. I believe it was. And uh, mm-hmm. as you may know, Jim Sterling has given terrible reviews to Mario Kart Seven and most of the Assassin's Creed games. He's mm-hmm. called all Sony fanboys uh, the very worst human beings on the planet. <laughs> oh um, boy! <laughs> uh, and he hated Final Fantasy Thirteen. I think I'm doing this slightly wrong. But long story short, uh, I didn't say that they were all written by the same person. And mm-hmm. when people who agreed with his opinion read his article, they're like, this guy's hilarious. I love every word. He should be paid a million bucks. And when they didn't agree, like they loved his Mario Kart 7 review because it tore apart mm-hmm. Nintendo. Uh, when they read his Assassin's Creed review, they were pissed. They were like, this mm-hmm. guy's grammar is terrible. No good <laughs> jokes. He, he doesn't know enough about games. He's a bad writer. Run on sentences. Like, uh, they couldn't help but notice their negative feelings toward the article and then they come up with an explanation for the feeling and the explanation Mm. is oh this must be badly written if it didn't make me feel good then it is not good but uh, how something makes you feel and how well done it is two different things definitely what happened Mm. with sequelitis it's exactly like the other videos but Mm -hmm. it made fun of ocarina time so (laughs) good luck with that one yeah yeah i i like that uh that visual image of throwing bees into a choir (laughs) yeah i was stuck on that too i heard every word you said but i i did have the image of throwing bees at a choir in my head it is pretty uh Pretty vivid. Oh, so, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Like one thing that um that I think a lot of people like is Art Hawk. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah, it's yeah. hundreds of views. As yeah, opposed hundreds, to Teenage hundreds. Pokemon, which is like I think the most viewed episode of Teenage Pokemon is closing in on two million, which is uh, Jeez, weird. That's massive. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, it's still I really like, gotta oh. say, uh, I I did not know that Art Hawk only had a couple thousand views per episode until I went back to it today to like like you know kind of get refreshed on what I liked about it before we talked about it and I noticed that like my favorite like the Candy Crush episode my favorite episode has like two three thousand views and I was like shocked shocked literally shocked because it's I don't know it's something different and it's something smart and it's Aww, I don't know thanks. and it's also really time efficient yeah <laughs> I yeah. hate to say it but I really appreciate that about it too yeah well, yeah that was uh, part of the plan talk as fast as you can try not to repeat <laughs> yourself too much try to do at least something quippy or stupid every mm. like you have to do like every 15 or 20 seconds or else people lose interest they feel like right but yeah too, so. for yeah. for any listeners who do not know because i know there will be a few because only like two thousand people have watched the uh the penultimate art hawk um look up art hawk it's freaking great i laughed my ass off every single time when these things used to be coming out mm-hmm. and um it's amazing it's like this brutally sarcastic um kind of kind of 
satire or play on the whole games as art debate while also like fueling the fire in a really fun way. What was what was the writing process of that like? Oh, thanks. <laughs> yes, um, yes. Art Hawk. Yeah, let's talk about that. That's what <laughs> that's what people want to know about. Um, Art okay, Hawk. I, I do. I yeah. do. I don't know yeah, about other want, people, but we want. All yeah, yeah. We want to know about it, and we want people to know about it. Fan club in this podcast. (laughs) Arthok, weirdly, not very well viewed, but the people who like it are people that I was really, really touched to like it. Like uh, Sean uh, Alexander Allen, who's making a game called Treachery and Beatdown City. Every time Mm -hmm. he sees me, he's like, dude, Arthok. Yeah, we gotta make more we gotta do like an art hawk gallery. We gotta like frame pictures of Art Hawk and make him talk. Like he's like he wants Art Hawk to take over the world. Um Jonathan Blow liked the Candy Crush episode, my old friend that, Anthony Birch, who I consider a friend, but I talk to him like once every two years. Uh, he liked it. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, Art Hawk uh was born from an episode of talking to women about video games mm-hmm. that was ruined because it started raining. So oh, I, I have seen that one. And, oh, yeah? and Art Hawk, he just comes out of nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> just like Art Hawk always says. So, talking to women about video games was a show where I made fun of myself and uh, a lot of people who are very passionate about video games while trying to not like be mean about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like making fun of myself. It's fun. It's easy. And usually very honest when when you do that. Uh, mm-hmm. So Art Hawk is also just me making fun of myself. Those are all real thoughts I have. Like I drink a cup of coffee and I'm like, oh my god, Candy Crush is a metaphor. It's a metaphor for addiction. It's a metaphor for Skittles. It's you know, and I'll freak out and I'll be like, that is so dumb. Why do I care so much about Candy Crush? But at the same time, I really mean it. This is uh, going back to something I think you were saying earlier, Jimmy. People mm. have a tough time with contradictions. They feel mm-hmm. like, well, my opinion must be absolute and true and the one right good opinion, anyone with a different opinion is wrong and bad and evil and stupid. Right. <laughs> I thrive off self-contradiction. I think I'm a genius and an idiot at the same time, almost all the time. And that's what Art Hawk uh, is, is me trying to be aware of my genius idiocy and making fun of myself for it. So. So yeah. I pretended to be a talking bird who thinks he's really smart, but he's not. Right. And yeah. You you mentioned uh, Jonathan Blow liked the Candy Crush video, which is actually how I found Art Hawk. Oh, yeah. Because uh, I, I was following him on Twitter. I saw him tweet it, and I was like, oh, I'll see what it is. And I, I don't know, like, y- you said that you had the thought that, like, oh, it's a metaphor for addiction. Candy Crush is a metaphor. For-. And you said that you thought that's dumb. And, like, it's, I don't know, there's something about that that just hits so much harder than somebody saying, like, Oh yeah, Candy Crush is an addictive game. It was made to be addictive, you know, blah blah blah. It's trying to steal your money, blah blah. Like, yeah, we all know that. But like, I don't know, something about how the video builds up Candy Crush as and and you do this in all the art hawks, how you build them up as very artistic creations. Sure. But it's like accidental on the part of the developers that they made this. Actually the most cynically produced <laughs> game ever. <laughs> exactly. I I don't know. Something about that just really like it like hits home more than a, like a regular point oh, I don't know and that's neat thanks <laughs> I don't want to like just gush over the video but I really really do like that uh, video I wrote it at like 3 in the morning half dead <laughs> one draft like okay Perfect. now just talk as fast as you can like a bird with a sheet over your head so there's no echo that's a recording studio right uh, I'm, I'm seeing that a lot lately I think that's the uh, that's like the independent 
audio recording like go to get a towel yeah (laughs) yeah it helps a little bit i I did test it out uh and i do think that games like candy crush resonate with everybody or with so many people for a reason and i did go to art school so i've thought a ton about what the definition of art is and then i feel stupid for thinking about it so much (laughs) and then i get excited about thinking about it again and I do think that if something resonates with a whole lot of people, it's probably not just because it's addicting. It's probably because mm-hmm. it's metaphorical for something to somebody. Mm-hmm. We all know what it's like to have a, a gross compulsion. I think Candy right. Crush does help people play out their compulsion in a way that they think is safe and fun until they're begging me to give them 99 cents or whatever that monetary system works. You have to, like, Facebook people and, like, panhandle in order to get more beans or something. I've only played it, like, once, but, uh, yeah, yeah, enough about me. Panhandling is a really fun way to put it. I like that. Um, do, do you have any experience in writing comedy? Because... Well, I, I don't know. Like, Art Hawk, the, the later episodes would always begin with this really great um, opening jab that I would love, where, like, this this hawk in a beret would slide on the screen and all of a sudden make a uh, incredibly declarative statement about about how Tetris is, um, is us confronting our social construction of how we perceive time as a linear flow. And it, it just, like, <laughs> happens all of a sudden out of nowhere. It, yeah. it seemed like there was some kind of deliberate comedic timing involved is that is that true i have no idea uh i have been making stuff for a while uh Mm -hmm. and i do take criticism pretty seriously and try to but at the same time i never want to just like try to chase people's interests and turn it into a popularity contest i'm trying to win but if somebody says oh i would have listened to you more if you were punchier or quicker then okay i'll try that and if it works Mm -hmm. then I'll get my message across. But comedy hurts me bad. I really am an anti-fan of comedy. Uh, I think things are funny, and I love to laugh, and I love uh, when people are genuinely making me laugh. But comedy, jokes, (laughs) jokes to me, I've said this before, and I mean this with all my heart. When something laughs, uh, when something makes you laugh, it's this feeling that you really connected with somebody on a genuine level, and it mm. was not uh, done uh, as a device in order to get you to like them or to manipulate them into feeling something or to to uh, charm them or win them over. And when you tell a joke, it's like a fake ass. It's like a rubber ass that you thought was real. You thought, oh, that ass is the best. What a beautiful ass. And then you found out, oh, no, they just made that up to try to get you to like them. Or they, they wanted you to like them so much that you would laugh and then give them money for their album or something. So, uh, Oh, boy. My point is, to be accidentally <laughs> funny is uh, something I aspire to do, but it is a contradiction because if you're aspiring to do it, it's not really an accident. So, Right. So I try to just be honest and not think about it too much, and then if I accidentally do something funny, then that's a relief. And if not, then whatever. Hmm. So... Uh... You've never had any sort of formal comedic training or experience? No, no, no. no. I I hate it. Hmm. I hate it. It's really (laughs) hard to do, actually. Oh, it bothers me. Yeah. I've I've read books. They didn't make it sound easy. (laughs) No, no. There's like a science to it. There's, uh, I, I do 
like I'm fascinated with comedies. I will mm-hmm. watch a comedy and not laugh and be like, interesting. <laughs> because there's usually a lot of really fun ideas in comedies because mm-hmm. the, the underlying idea of comedy, I think, is to speak truths that other people don't feel comfortable saying or can't say it as well. So then they like get surprised and then uh, there's a sense of levity of like, oh my God, yeah, I know exactly what it's like when I have to poop, but there's no toilet paper. Oh, Eddie Murphy, <laughs> you're a genius because uh, I don't know if you've seen Eddie Murphy's old stand-up routine. It's uh, a lot of just like, you know what it's like when you fart in the tub and it's like blub, 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 and people die laughing. Uh, anyway, yes, a lot of truths That's... in comedy. Oh yeah, sorry. No, I was just going to say that that's great. I never, uh, like, I have seen that, and now now that you bring it up. Yeah, he's just trying to find universal experiences we've all had, and then, like, I know what that's like, too. Don't you like me? And, uh, you know, just every cultural (laughs) reference comedy. Like, I've also seen G.I. Joe. My rating should be high now. I make Family Guy. Like, what? It's not a joke. That's just telling me you've seen a TV show before. But anyway. Uh, anyway, anyway, I'm sure I'm sure we all know what it's like to uh, to poop without there being toilet paper. <laughs> Maybe but if you say it in a sassy way with snark. You'll get all the internet hits, guys. Do it. So so we've got some <laughs> questions from the fans. Okay. I was wondering if you knew what the hell Austin Ivan Smith is talking about. He asked, "If Karnov were Mega Man, why not Kid Icarus?" Austin is a very legitimately funny person. I don't think he means that as a joke, but he knows he means it to reveal an unspoken truth to me, which is talking about video games. It's just so stupid sometimes. Boy, it's dumb. Wait, that's it? That's the joke. Holy shit. Okay. I feel like an idiot now. Austin, as you may or may not know, is the he was the director of DuckTales Remastered, and I believe mm-hmm. he did Mighty Switch Force too. He's over it, way forward. Um, oh right, he's right. a funny friend, and I don't know why I'm lucky enough to have him as a friend, but I am. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he and Adam Tierney, who's also at Way Forward, I think he did the last Transformers game for 3DS. Mm-hmm. They will just anytime I'm on a podcast, they'll be like, "Could Pac-Man eat it all?" <laughs> That's not a question. That's just, but are, know. are these are these the questions that drive Art Hawk? Kind of <laughs> like that internal contradiction of of talking about video games and that being a uh, a superficially stupid thing to do. But at the same time, it, the the feeling is so profound. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Adam and Austin love talking about video games, but they know it's also kind of ridiculous. So. They're good at poking fun at me and themselves in a light and fun way. They're great guys. So, yeah, I was expecting <laughs> that question to be kind of a, um, like, Jonathan Holmes inside joke, but it's nope. really, you're just They're supposed just to put, like, Velociraptor on top of it and, and <laughs> yeah. laugh at that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they'll ask me, how come her hair is like that? And then hashtag graphics. Great. Like, what, what, is, <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, uh, you guys. See, now imagine... Imagine if George had not told you the person asking the question, would you have known anything about what was going on? <sighs> Only because uh, I would have felt that Austin Ivan Smith in me. I wouldn't the have. Presence. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought it because who would think that? But I'd be like, mm, feels like Austin in here. And then, <laughs> feels like Austin in here. Yeah, probably would have figured it out. Jesse Ball says, how do you make your haircut look so good? What makes it pop? 
Jesse. He also wants to know what what made you want to write about video games. Oh, that's nice. Jesse uh, also <laughs> has short hair. My hair is terrible. My hair is the worst. Uh, I'm very sad about it. I used to have huge hair back when I was on MTV's Road Rules when I was a kid years and years ago. I know you guys are probably even too young to know what that is. MTV I think I know what that is. I just did not know you were on it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A long time ago. Uh, like, is that the beginning uh, the uh, John, John Holmes origins? <laughs> Not John. That's a John whole other John Oh, that's right. John yeah. Holmes is the. Uh, we talked entirely. It'd be an entirely, mm-hmm. entirely very, very different different topic. I'm share the joke with the the listeners. It's not going to okay, be funny okay. though. But they'll it's now not know. Be funny. It's it fine. wasn't meant to be a joke. I was honestly trying to explain who John Holmes is. He is a porn star who I said was the double dragon of pornography because to a certain people of a certain age is legendary. And of course we all know what it is, but when you're in your twenties, you're just busy with uh, modern day things like Minecraft, which I guess is the Sasha gray of, of, yeah. Like the video. sleek new, uh, kind of, yeah, kind of liberally oriented. You could yeah. Yeah, multi-purpose. Yeah. Whatever that means for anybody curious. The reason we got onto the topic was that Jonathan Holmes and John Holmes share a name. Right. And that was, that, that was why and that if happened. My mother hears anyone. She can hear it from like 15 miles away. She oh has boy. like uh, got like a codec that goes wink wink. Somebody called him John, and she just shows up. It's like that's not his name. She's German. Like, Don't call him that. God damn it! And throws poison. Wow. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, she's trouble. Um, Paolo wants to know what games are you looking forward to this year. That's an easy one. Oh yeah, Smash Brothers. I think about it like the second I get up, I think, <laughs> oh crap, I'm late, and then I think, but what about Smash Brothers? <laughs> oh, maybe there'll be a new Smash Brothers thing today. I think about it kind of constantly. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the next Shantae game from Way Forward. Uh, Shantae, oh, yeah. Pirates the uh, kickstarted Half Genie Hero. Oh, actually, is that that is the, there's two coming out soon. Uh, Half oh, Genie boy. Hero oh. is being uh, directed, the animation's being directed by Mariel Cartwright, who's like one of my favorite artists ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That I'm looking forward to as well, but they're also um, doing just a regular sprite based follow up that they've been working on for a long time, but should be out any second now. Uh, I'm looking forward to the Shovel Knight update so I can do multiplayer. Mm-hmm. I'm yes, looking forward yes. to... What, what all are they adding? I actually, I, I want to keep my eyes on this one. Oh, sure. They're adding uh, gender swap mode. They're adding <laughs> the ability to play as, I believe, some of the bosses in the campaign. And they're also adding like an arena kind of Smash Brothers-ish mode uh, where you can play four people at once and fight it out. So mm-hmm. pretty darn excited about all that stuff. Uh Ah, I'm trying to think what else. I'm curious about The Evil Within because I'm a huge uh, Mikami fan, but mm-hmm. I, everything I hear about it, it's just kind of watered down and trying really hard to chase the audience as opposed to lead them. And I was like, uh, just about every developer more when they lead the audience and give you something you didn't know you liked as opposed to trying to feed us something that we think we already want. So ah. we'll see. I don't know. Oh, Bayonetta 2. Very excited about Bayonetta 2. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I'm finally going to have to cave and buy a Wii U instead of student loans next month. <laughs> um, no, I got super jazzed that they're including the first Bayonetta in that. Because mm-hmm. yeah. it's like, that's going to be the definitive version. Yeah, and finally I can play Bayonetta. You should. <laughs> oh, that's probably another great example of the, like... 
the the sexist um, oh yeah getting female character right outfit suddenly seeming way different when you're actually playing the game in front of your face uh, <laughs> absolutely uh, yeah that's a tough one I I wanted to not be thinking Bayonetta was maybe sexist and it's not all the time but then the developer Hideki Kamiya who I really like personally was like see this part of the game means all women hate each other I was like, Hideki, oh, leave the social commentary out of your naked witch shooting angels game, please. Well, like, even with all that, I don't know, it was a lot less, um... I can't necessarily say it was less juvenile and dumb than I expected it to be, because it was, because that's platinum style. They just, like, it was a little more self-aware than I was giving it credit for before I started playing. Sure. Yeah, and, like, all the actual video game references inside of it as well. Like, the whole thing is just aware of how dumb and juvenile it is. And on some level, that kind of makes it okay with me. (laughs) Uh, It's a contradiction, and I always go for those. Um, It's funny and uh, self-aware, but also hoping people buy it just because her butt is big. So, you know, two birds, one stone. That's fine with me. Alright, so we will find out more about contradictions in Jonathan Holmes after these messages. Power up! Mega Man is so tight, the graphic is so cool. It just has everything that a good game should have. He's got like a blaster, he goes... He go like this, do all that. I have grown up with Mega Man. Any gamer that knows games knows Mega Man. Nobody can beat Mega Man. Mega Man, Mega Man, Mega Man. I love Mega Man. Happy anniversary, Mega Man. Three brand new Mega Man games available now. Rated E for everyone. Only from Capcom. It's the most lethal G.I. Joe team yet. Have come Street Fighter 2! No way! Quick! It's Kyle, Ryu, Sangi, Blanca, and Dalcine. What's the dogs? Oh! Some with real ninja moves! Hey! My Cobra's got Street Fighters too! Vega! Sagat! Dalrog! And me, Erbison! They look unbeatable! Ah! You know them, you love them! So Corrupto! Capcom Street Fighter 2 figures these sold separately! Oh, I like them! It's Capcom Street Fighter 2! What's tougher than a Capcom Street Fighter? A Street Fighter's mother? No! How about the Crimson Cruiser with Championship Edition M. Bison and Speak Slamming Missiles? It's not as tough as Championship Edition Guile going boom in a sonic boom tank. Or the Beast Blaster. It comes with Championship Edition Blanca and Chun-Li and fires double tumble missiles. Street Fighter 2! Capcom Street Fighter 2, Sonic Boom Tank, Crimson Cruiser, and Beast Blaster come with Championship Edition figures. Eat so separately. That's a lot of stuff. And we are back. And now uh, this is the part of the show where we would usually talk about news. But I have a feeling that one news story in particular is going to dominate the discussion this time. Well, we'll get into a few others. But the biggest, scariest thing happened yesterday. It was mm. uh, undoubtedly the most single depressing news for me. I don't know about other people because <laughs> um, I kind of I kind of worry myself about this. But it's the GameSpot layoffs. Carolyn Petit, Tom McShay, Justin Calvert, Ryan McDonald, and Maxwell McDonald. McGee have all been suddenly let go, leaving only two editorial writers left. And, um, I don't know, like, Jonathan Holmes is here with us. What a coincidence. Right. You're not necessarily an insider, per se, because you're, like, with Destructoid and not GameSpot. And even then, Destructoid is still a much smaller outfit, but it's still... You have more experience than the both of us. So from that uh, perspective, what do you think happened here? What's going on? Well, I've got a secret for you guys. 
Oh, it's boy. not a secret if you say it. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to put that disclaimer out there. No, just Are we going to have to bleep it out? Bleep it out. Bleep this out. Okay. When you do something that so many people will do for free, you don't oh get my paid God. for it anymore. Uh, Sorry, oh guys. Oh my God. That hurts. Go on Chatterbait, gentlemen. Wait. Oh, shit. I and decide okay, okay. to masturbate. Don't uh-huh. expect too many tips. Because right. there are 5,000 other guys doing the same thing. Great. If you <coughs> offer something that people cannot get anywhere else, then maybe they will pay for it. But sadly, the video game. God, journal journalism? Did we journalize? Like how often Polygon does some some good journalism pretty regularly. They actually mm-hmm. research a story, they uh, get quotes, they try to dig in and find, you know, artifacts and blah blah blah. Being a journalist is like being an archaeologist of the present time. Uh, they do some of that. Most of us just are like, a thing happened, isn't that weird? <laughs> Anyway, or just like, I have an opinion about stuff. If you want to read it, here it is. If not, I don't care. Uh, I don't really call that journalism. It's just writing or reporting. Um, and there's, it's everywhere. You, you do not, we do not need any more of them. Mm-hmm. They're all of the ones that we need. We have more than enough of them. And <laughs> I never expect, I know I get paid for Destructoid, but I stop thinking about it. In like 2010, it's just direct deposit, <laughs> and I haven't looked back. I'm like, I might be getting paid a cent, I might be getting paid 40 bucks, I might be getting paid 400 bucks, 4,000. I don't care. It's not for money anymore because if you worry about it being for money, oh, it ruins everything. It makes it so hard. Carolyn is gonna do fine. In fact, she mm-hmm. may even end up getting more money because her passionate fans know that she can offer something that you really can't get anywhere else. She interjects personal perspective with uh, objective analytical views and just an open-mindedness about what may be uh, in a way that her, if she does a patron, she'll she'll do fine. Um, the other writers I'm not as familiar with, sadly, not to be a jerk. I'm sure they're great, but, you know, there's ways to make money at this, but... These days, it's usually doing something you can't get anywhere else and putting up a Kickstarter like I did for Subhomes, you know? Like, right. almost nobody watches it, but the people who watch it love it. So we got to do two more years. And uh, uh, for people who don't know, Subhomes is an interview show I do every week for video game developers. I didn't take any of the money for it. It all went to Conrad Zimmerman, who uh, produces it, so he can, like, afford to spend that time every week because he has to, like make money somehow i have a full-time day job so i'm fine for money so but still mm-hmm. we we asked for six thousand dollars we got like eighteen thousand so we'll get oh, to wow. do like two more years uh and that was with like i think 600 backers or something like barely anybody by internet standards so mm-hmm. it still barely gets views well every once in a while it gets a lot of views if somebody mentions uh, reggie fees me suddenly we've got like <laughs> 30,000 views or something. Or, oh, yeah. yeah. It's but, good yeah. for SEO. Push Reggie. Yeah, he, he helps. Uh, so that's what <laughs> I think happened. I think GameStop, GameSpot noticed. Yeah. 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 GameStop <laughs> noticed too. That's uh, why they're, they have a I've, critic. Yeah. I've uh, done that so many times in my life. I just. I know. Uh, I know. I can't stop. I think uh, you can't stop. 
or spots. Or or, or, uh, <laughs> damn it! I was. Uh, I beat you to the punch. You beat me to the. You I beat did. me to the pun, which is pretty pretty incredible. I'm, I'm like the pun guy around here. You're a great pun guy. You're yeah, a very thanks. pun guy. So uh, so, <laughs> you you talked about journalism and how a lot of this stuff may or may not be like. Just what about like flat objective news reporting though? Like where, who's who's gonna be? I guess I don't know how many people it, it legitimately takes to uh, cover the video game industry as a whole for one entire day on the internet, but who's gonna do that if uh, they aren't hiring writers? Uh, I don't know. They, it's a system. Uh, it's it's purely a matter of uh, supply and demand. They don't make a lot of money. They just don't. Mm. Uh, a lot of sites, I won't speak to them by name, but you think, oh, they get tons of readers. They must be making a lot of money. No, they do not. Uh, so many yeah. websites are making, like, no yeah. money or uh, are, you know, living on investment and convincing backers or our shareholders to, to take a chance on them, and then two years mm. later, they're gone. Uh, we all know what happened to one up uh trying to think of all the ones that have come and gone that's that's what's sad is after they're gone you like forget they existed um the the model that a lot of people are going by is one writer who just writes their ass off and then they end up getting paid like thirty thousand a year or something and then in free video games and press events like i probably i was full-time at destructoid when i was doing the destructoid show for about three months Mm-hmm. I probably ate more cheese. Like, I probably got paid more in expensive cheese than I did in money. Because Sony <laughs> will throw an event and they'll be like, everyone gets a free TV! Danny Trejo is here! All the expensive cheese! And you'll spend, like, you'll eat $300 worth of cheese at that event and then make $300 that month. Oh, boy. Yeah. So so uh, you can't you can't, like, sell the cheese either. I mean... You can try you just, to sell you just cheese eat it. on the streets. You I don't, I don't think it works. So <laughs> I, I could try. I don't know if you've seen SCTV. That's a show that is a comedy show. Doesn't make mm-hmm. me laugh, but fascinates me. <laughs> you really like that stuff. I love you? it. I watch uh, Upright Citizen Brigade. <laughs> totally straight face. Eyes glued to the screen like, this is amazing. How do they think of this stuff? It's not funny, but I love it. Uh, SETV, Eugene Levy. He did a sketch where he was selling used food. He's like, want a used grape? Three cents. Want a used orange? Not funny. Still talking about it 20 days later. It's amazing. Go look it up. Did people buy it? The used fruit? Yeah. According yeah. to Eugene Levy. Huh. Uh, famous for New York Minute starring... Did, uh, did they eat it? I Presumably. In this comedy world. Oh, there's this really good one where John Candy teaches you how to make a toilet roll dispenser out of, like, paper clips and uh, stuff you have. It's not funny. Watch it. It's so good. Yeah. I, I'm In my head, I'm imagining that, uh, that scene from Indie Game the Movie where it's just uh, Jonathan Blow's side profile in, the, like, the pitch black darkness. The silhouette. Yeah, the silhouette. But, uh, but that's you, and on the wall is your TV playing this not funny the show and you're just every like five or so minutes you're like mm. mm-hmm. take out a notepad <laughs> jot down some thoughts 
Dwayne okay, Millage. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Dwayne Millage <laughs> anyway. was the name of the John Candy character. Dwayne Millage. Okay, I'm done. Dwayne Millage. Any, Dwayne anyways, Millage. anyways, yeah. what about what about video? I saw a comment that um I kind of I kind of dug. It made me think uh, where uh, this person explained that what might have happened at CBS, where they they own GameSpot and Giant Bomb, might have noticed is that Giant Bomb is bringing in a lot more numbers, a lot more money from mm. a lot more advertisers for a lot less staff than mm. they were doing for for GameSpot and mm. I'm I'm wondering if if you think video is going to be a more stable way to write about games in the future than just through pure writing because mm. uh and and that's kind of the reason why it scares me so much is because I got into video like to get into writing yeah. <laughs> like I was I, I went to journalism school I didn't I didn't train myself to make videos I trained myself to write about news stories so um what the hell am I supposed to do now, now that I have nowhere else to look except myself? I think you might have to write about news and not video games. Oh, that's 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 fine, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you'll do it's great. Not, it's not they the still, end of the world. They still want news writers. Uh, but you but know? they do want a lot less of them than they used to. Well, video games, they definitely don't. I mean, people are... are all across uh, the the sphere of the video game culture are saying, I get my video game news from NeoGAF and Twitter now, so I don't need a professional to write those stories. And what I want is to see what a real interaction with a video game is like, so I watch Let's Plays in order to get the opinion side or the, the culture side. So mm. just give me a news feed, give me an RSS feed, or give me Twitter, or give me NeoGAF, I'll just read the headlines, and then when I want, um, instead of a review, if I want like an honest view of what it's like to experience a game, I'll watch a Let's Play, and uh, that's where it's going. And, and the Let's Play, uh, PewDiePie made more money than GameSpot did last year. Absolutely he did. GameSpot yeah. didn't make $4 million in, in pure profit like he did. Uh, no question in my mind. Okay, so where are people going to go for, like, a really introspective, deep, like, no-clip style feature for video mm. games? I think Patron. I think they're going to find their particular writers and latch on to them, similar to how big budget AAA video games are no longer the best way to make sure you make tons of money. The best way to make sure you make tons of money in video game development these days, at least this is a uh, pendulum swing we're seeing more towards anyway, is make a game for cheap, make it something that you can't get anywhere else, and like Shovel Knight, you know, they, they spent I think they made like 300000 on their Kickstarter, which is like a day of work on the next Uncharted game. And, Good God! Uh, yeah, then they're that's an incredible it juxtaposition. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's you know that was a four-person team. There's going to be like I'm sure 400 people on the next Uncharted. So, so you give something to people that they can't get where anywhere else, and you accept the fact that you're not going to like Shovel Knight isn't going to sell 10 million copies, but mm. they're going to make tons of money back uh, because they have a small dedicated following and that's where i think video game editorial is going to go too every once in a while one editorial will blow up uh probably because it says that smash brothers brawl is actually fun and people will get mad <laughs> i like smash brothers melee too i love i'm just playing melee it's a very fast-paced intense game sometimes mm. i just want to maybe fall down <laughs> so weird about that anyway uh yeah that's my guess uh, and if people are happy enough to write 
about video games for hundreds of people instead of thousands, as long as they still get paid, then there will still be people doing it because they love it, not so much because it is a surefire way to make a lot of money. Okay. Well, hmm. well, that's a little bit um hopeful, I guess. I kind of yeah. like the idea of of the industry consolidating rather than going away. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, uh, anyways, so next up, The Last of Us, One Night Live happened. Did either of you guys watch that? I wish. Nope. It was uh, kind of cool. I didn't watch the whole thing because I've only played like the first two hours of a game. I don't have a PS3, so I have to play it at a friend's house. But um, so I skimmed. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like the setup that they had going on there was... Um, uh, Ashley Johnson and Troy Baker were doing uh, their acting routines on like a dirty stage with with four chairs completely in the dark and the spotlight on them and nothing else. It was surprisingly low key. Mm-hmm. And that's what mm-hmm. I did not expect and what pleasantly surprised me because I was expecting it to be stupid. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I was expecting <laughs> it to be uh, audacious and gaudy. Uh-huh. Like um, in the original Sony press release, there were some comment threads underneath talking about a segment that would not be shown on Twitch. And Jeff Keighley would write a response. It would say something like, you'll find out after the show. Wink, wink. And I was expecting them to, like, reveal some some grand long gameplay demo for, like, The Last of Us 2 or something. <laughs> oh, God. Like some really gaudy advertisement. But it was actually a um, scene that they wrote in pre-production but didn't go through with that was depicting the events happening after the ending. Oh, that's Like, just right. a really... Yeah, it was just, like, a really cool little um, kind of spoilery thing that wasn't really there to sell more products so much as it was um, just kind of to give the people there more of a feeling of exclusivity. Like, the world wasn't going to end if that stuff got out. And sure. it was... It, it wasn't an ad. <laughs> and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that the event did not look very... Very, uh... Yeah, it sounds like you were expecting... Very ad-friendly. You, you thought you would get Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. Yeah. And instead well. you got, like, uh, Waiting for Godot. Just kind of a... Yeah, yeah. It was a very kind of off-Broadway off kind of production. Instead of instead of going for the pyrotechnics and the holographics. Sure. <laughs> you remember Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark, right? I have not seen it, but I did ride my bike next to it when I visited New York (laughs) a couple years ago. Oh, but you know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. I know it's ridiculous. Right, yeah. I know it's silly. Yeah, it's a big, you know, multi-billion dollar, not billion, but million dollar Mm -hmm. U2 musical about Spider-Man fighting the Green Goblin and the Vulture and stuff while singing. Uh, they did not do that, it sounds like, with The Last of Us musical. No, no, it was just um, two people in dirty clothes sitting in a dark room talking to up. each other. It sounds yeah. great. It sounds very... Yeah, and, and the tickets were free, so it's not like uh, it's sure. not like they had a high budget to begin with. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. It reminds me, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with David Cronenberg, the director. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, he weirdly was like, The Fly would be really good if it was a musical, but only in France... Tonight, <laughs> so we did. He got um, Howard Shore, who did the music for The Fly and most of his movies, and they just made a musical of The Fly. And you can't watch it; it's not on DVD. They didn't videotape it. Some people recorded some of the music, and it's just a bunch of people going, "I love the new Flash, the new Flash, all about Flash." Mm. Check it out. Wow. Yeah. 
They did All it because right. they meant it, because they loved it. And people, <laughs> that's where Sony, I think, is at these days. There's a bunch of people at Sony that just want to make a lot of money and make a lot of cool technology. But then the PS3 didn't do as good as they thought. So they're like, crap, we're not going to be able to just sell a $600 so, console. So they have to act humble now. They have to combo of humble and like artistic integrity. So they, they, they hired some really great people. Like uh, Shane Bettenhausen, he was at One Up actually. Weird, mm-hmm. huh? And he's just like loves video games, doesn't care if they make any money. He worked on El Shaddai, which was the game that the um, art director of Okami did. That's uh, hidden pages of the Bible, where Lucifer is like a kind of sexy Travis Touchdown lookalike who's flirty in jeans and has a cool umbrella. Like, no chance that game was ever going to make any money. Uh, Shane worked on that, and then Sony snatched him up, and we're like, you're our integrity guy, and he's doing an awesome job at it. So Sony's in kind of a position where they might, say, deny a uh, subscription service put on by EA that would give users access to some games. (laughs) They may, if they're going for integrity. They may, they may. Uh, And... So mm-hmm. earlier this week, EA revealed EA Access, a uh, instant game collection style subscription service. $5 a month or $30 a year gets you access on the Xbox One to FIFA 14, Madden 25, Peggle 2, and Battlefield 4. And uh, Sony, meanwhile, on PlayStation 4, said no. <laughs> yeah. The actual the actual quote said um, that they felt this program did not bring the kind of value that PlayStation <laughs> customers have come to expect. Great. <laughs> Great. It, it's also um, kind of a head-to-head competition with PlayStation Now, which I've been thinking a mm-hmm. lot about today. And I was wondering if that, that had more to do with it than yeah. actually representing the kind of value that PlayStation customers have come to expect. I, I think PlayStation Now, from what I can tell, I need to read up on it a little more. Maybe you guys know about it. But from the sounds of it, it is a much worse value than even just PlayStation Plus, which mm-hmm. you subscribe to that, you get like two free games, what every week um something like i think that. it's every it's Two either weeks? every season or month or maybe uh, it's fiscal it's quarter yeah I, right. I don't know if i just have no concept of time but it seems like every other day alex is like man i get terraria for free today <laughs> terraria like, he, he there's like terraria and then like one day he was like castlevania terraria and one day is like, like four dollars on steam <laughs> but, but still, george it's free yeah it feels no so it's nice. not you have to pay a <laughs> Don't you have to pay a, a, a subscription fee Don't for pay it. Attention it's not to free. the man behind the curtain. There's nothing to ah. see there. It's a Wizard Lost type deal. But uh, PlayStation <laughs> Now, from what I've read, I'll have to reread this. I think it can be like $3.99 to play a game for like five hours. Uh, mm-hmm. It's way, way. Yeah, and it's, it's apparently uh, Tyler Gale, I believe I pronounced his name. He made a game called. Oh, I can't believe I'm, I'm blanking on this. It's a really cool black and white game on PSN where you have to manipulate light in order to create the world you want to walk in. So basically, if something doesn't have a light on it, it doesn't exist. Closure. That's what it's oh, called. Oh, that, that's what I, I had. I, I had the picture, but not the name. I know exactly right. what same, game you're talking here, about. Yeah, yeah. He is like really into video games in general. His um, uh, He researches like everything and he told me on Twitter, oh, by the way, just so you know, PlayStation Now is not run by the same company that runs PlayStation Proper or PlayStation Pro, uh, Plus, which is probably why the deals are so much worse. 
Like, how do you know hmm. everything, Tyler Gale? Uh, <laughs> in the spare time, just happen to know everything. Um, so yeah, that's a bad deal. Yeah. But that I think is the Sony way. They they throw something out there for as high a price as they think they can get away with, and then get those early adopters to pay, and then slowly get worn down, almost like bargaining over years. I mean, PlayStation Three was six hundred bucks. Eventually, it was two fifty. Um, all consoles do that to a degree, but I think the, right. the Wii, for instance, dropped from like 250 to 150 or 100. Um, it was like a 100% drop, whereas PlayStation 3 was literally, um, geez, 200%, 250%, way, way, way of a drop. Same with right. uh, was that, that yeah. 600 was ridiculous. Yeah, and they said. They People said, get, get a second job. job. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so, <laughs> so glad. I am so glad those days are over. Well, I... Like, this is, this is why competition is good, because no one at Sony is going to say that again. They're going to think it, but they... But they're not going to say it. Right. They're going to get Shane Bettenhausen to make them look good, and he's doing a great job of it. And they're not going <laughs> to, hopefully, make those kind of mistakes again. Instead, they're going to say $600 does represent the kind of value that PlayStation customers have come to expect. <laughs> Great. Um, Crytek has sold the rights to Homefront 2 to uh, Koch Media. Their video game outfitter is called Deep Silver, which mm. I guess, I, I don't know. I don't know if either of us were excited exactly about Homefront 2. I have a friend who kind of was, mm. but... um. It's interesting to see it go to Deep Silver because Deep Silver is like one of those weird single A, double A, mid tier publishers. Mm -hmm. They aren't exactly associated with like super expensive projects. They're kind of hit or miss. I've liked the games that they've sent me. I was able to request copies for War Game and Contrast, which ended up being some mm -hmm. of my favorites of this year. But uh, they definitely don't don't carry prestige. Mm. Kind of a kind of a kind of a cheaper name. But okay. They, they sold rights to the IP of Homefront and the assets for Homefront The Revolution, which is coming out, and um, made a new studio. Deep Silver made a new studio in Nottingham called Dam Buster, which is actually uh, Crytek Nottingham renamed, which is actually Free Radical renamed. So oh. the game's still coming out. Crytek just needed money uh -huh. really bad Yeah. Mm. yeah. right now. I think it's a good fit in that Homefront and Crytek in general... It's one of those, we put as much money into this, then we'll definitely make our money back. The exact kind of thing that seems to be backfiring in video game, uh, the video game press, I don't want to call it journalism, video game press, uh, video game reporting, and also just AAA video games in general. We're seeing Bioshock Infinite, <laughs> incredible reviews, sells fill 5 million copies in like three months, studio closes. Uh, the amount of money these games need to make back is just ridiculous these days, whereas Deep Silver knows how to do something on a modest budget, but mm -hmm. uh, uh, sell it as something uh, unique that you can't get anywhere else. Dead Island is kind of a janky game as that may be. It offered a lot of things you couldn't exactly get anywhere else, and it was a pretty huge hit for them. Oh, as far as I yeah, know. actually, that's <laughs> that's why I really liked um, War Game. Uh -huh. You know, where else are you going to get like a modern war themed Total War clone that actually plays like its own mill sim from a satellite's eye perspective? And it, it, it doesn't even look cheap. Like the game looks okay. It looks uh -huh. like a like an expensive AAA game, but it's not an expensive AAA concept because it's not a familiar tired concept. Exactly. Yeah. And then what else? Uh, Saints Row, 
where they're just like, yeah, hmm. we'll just. They bought do... them off THQ, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's so how that worked. Body comedy, which I think once Deep Silver took over, um, I think it was the transition between Saints Row Three and Saints Row Four. I think so. Mm-hmm. Saints Row Four, the third, and then just four. <laughs> yeah, it got a lot more. Like Carolyn Petit, who we were talking about earlier, she loves Saints Row Four. Um, mm-hmm. Because it did things that you really couldn't see anywhere else. Saints Row 3 was still carrying over a little bit, like, maybe we're a legit power fantasy, maybe we're a le- legit GTA clone, and then Saints Row 4 <laughs> was like, nope, you're in the Matrix now. Nope, you're <laughs> flying. Uh, and nobody else was willing to do it, so it did well. Yeah. All right, oh, so last last but not least, and we oh. have to get through this one fast, GameSpot, mm-hmm. or, oh my god, GameStop has started issuing credit cards. Okay, they have not started. A um, This was on Destructoid, actually, a Destructoid story. Oh. A anonymous source sent in some pictures of promotional pamphlets for a credit card that is not out yet, but is set to come out. They're um, going to be offering a credit card that ties into its Power Up Rewards program. However, in the fine print, they mention an interest rate of 26.99% 26.99% and a 15.99 yearly membership fee and um they are going to be checking your credit too you can't get the GameStop credit card unless you have good credit unless you're already a GameStop power up rewards member great um yeah yeah do we think this is great i don't think it's great uh, i can't wait to see i mean people love duck dynasty they love it Oh my god. They like talk about it all. Someone just gave me the Duck Dynasty book <laughs> and we're like this people, is genius. Is is bad capitalism in vogue right now? <laughs> kind of. Uh maybe people will love this credit card because it gives them the illusion of worth. I I don't know. But <laughs> That's uh, that's how they get you. I, I, I feel so. like this is I feel like this is the appropriate time to say, and that's why the GameStop credit card is art. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Holy shit. I wish I did art hawk some more. It's it's hard. Uh. It's hard to do now. Uh, I had a little bit more free time back when I was doing it. Maybe I'll bring it back. But anyway, yeah. Anyway, uh, it, well, well, we we would appreciate it. But yeah. Anyway, continue. We we we're running out of time. Yeah. Sorry about that. It is a mystery to me that GameSpot continues to do GameStop. GameStop. I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> son of a bitch. Destructoid sources. One letter told difference. GameSpot. One let, same maybe. same syllables. I one letter re- difference. Oh was, my god. I was actually reading off your outline it says GameSpot. third bullet point Wait. down but anyway it says GameSpot. <laughs> yeah oh, I, I should have read the good part uh, not oh, the boy. bad part the good part that's my mistake uh but yeah it's a puzzle to me that GameStop <laughs> continues to just not really have any competition and somehow keeps this market convinced that it has worth but they they do it they somehow you know, they're doing it they keep investors and analysts are always predicting their downfall like uh-huh. every every single year yeah and then not every year yeah like i think gamestop some um, stock price dropped when uh, ea announced the ea access program like mm. people saw that as a way of devaluing gamestop's market share yeah. right but i don't know i mean this could be a great way to entrap future customers you know if you uh if you want some games and you can't afford some games yeah. Then you could get yourself a credit card and pay for those games plus twenty six point ninety nine percent. Maybe, or you could always uh, you could always take the Sony way out and get a second job. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they think 
people are dumb enough to get credit cards, maybe they'll be even dumber and get our credit card because they oh, like boy. video games in a way. Yeah, that's, it, that's got to be the... <laughs> It's, it's like branding this lifestyle of being a frequent GameStop shopper. What kind of person are you when you're a frequent GameStop I, shopper to begin with? I, it's sort mm. of saying we think our customers are idiots. That's kind of what... It should say that on the card, I guess. Well, like, even if you... Even if not just the credit card, if you just look at the, the Power Up Rewards card, like, I, I was... I used to be a member years ago, right when they started the Power Up thing and they switched from their old thing. And then I realized halfway through the first year, like... There, if you are making enough money to be able to like buy enough games to make this thing worthwhile, you could probably buy any of the things you get with that rewards program and just be fine anyway. Yeah, like that's true. Like, like I don't know. It, it just I feel like there are enough people that buy into that to maybe maybe sorry people, but maybe they're right that their customers are that dumb. Well, I am a rewards card member, but I really? buy a lot of. I'm a weird hoarder. So okay. I'm like, remember that game that they made where the Katamari Prince could ride a, a, a car? That was a uh -huh. Pac-Man kart racing game. Why don't I own that? There's something wrong with my life. I'm, I'm flawed. And then oh, I'll buy no. it and feel like I'm a good person now. Got the God Katamari damn it. Prince in a car. Can you find games like that? Because I, I don't find anything like that. All I find is like the absolute most current stuff at GameStop. I That's why I stopped going. I, I, and then oh. I buy games for other people. I just bought... I can't... Oh, no. For a wedding gift, I bought my uh, friend Caitlin Cook a Wii U. Uh, so that, that helped. You know, when if you buy a lot of crap right, you don't right. need, like I do, yeah. it's perfect. <laughs> sorry about my Anyways, yeah, no sorry. problem, no problem. I just, um... Was was trying to hold myself and not say anything while you guys were talking about how much you love consumerism and <laughs> and things that you buy that you don't uh, glean their whole use value from. God damn it! I wanted to put that on the outline too, but completely forgot until just now because that was like the first Twitter exchange we had. Was like I feel dirty about my Steam collection of games I don't play. Oh yeah, and you were like don't and i was like what if i do <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're, you're just a human being you're not killing any wombats you're not trying to but, okay <laughs> by buying, yeah by buying games that i'm not playing i might be contributing to the deforestate de deforestation of of our society which may kill wombats because um in order to buy the the material to make the computers you would have to manufacture plastic which requires space I, you see what i'm getting at here right yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely <laughs> like there's you, a chance you, you are not you... innocent by <laughs> we're never innocent in capitalism absolutely mm -hmm. by exactly being on exactly this podcast i may have killed thousands <laughs> of wombats. Someone may hear this and be like, I hate life, and then just kill the people. Uh, but I can't know that for sure. I can't be held responsible for what may happen due to the things that I did for other reasons. If you just want to have all the video games, have all the video games. <laughs> on their credit card. Have <laughs> have the bill for all the video games on their credit card. <laughs> well, they are a fun uh, deal on Steam. <laughs> And it does kind of suck because, I mean, the bad thing about Steam sales is a lot of developers don't make any money until their game goes on sale now, uh, which is driving the value, the perceived value of video games down mm. anyway, so... Um, mm, that, that peeves me. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, I, I've always hated but that. But it's just kind of the way that it is for now, and it may not always like, be that way. Yeah, I noticed it happening when Titanfall was coming up. People were complaining that a multiplayer-only game was $60, 
which I, I kind of, like that was a moral crusade where I kind of wanted to raise the flag and join up with them. But mm. then I was remembering like during my childhood when I was a kid, like people were buying Starship Tribes for full price on launch. And that was multiplayer like Quake 3, Unreal Tournament, some of my favorite games ever uh, fall into that same camp. It's I bought what, goddamn what happened. Archon. For the Commodore Archon. 64, for like <laughs> that's $40. taking it back. Yeah, and that yeah. was yeah. Have fun with that. 40, 40 1980s dollars is like a lot. <laughs> it was like a hundred dollars, I think. Um, Good God. Today's wow. money, and I was like, every second was pure joy. And I just turned the computer on and like, I'll just watch you play. This is awesome. <laughs> uh, so if it's not worth it to you, sure, but don't get mad about it. Just say like, I guess I won't buy Titanfall then. I will buy one yeah. of the other million games. That just Vote came out with your dollar. Yeah. And don't buy a million games because then the same thing's going to keep going. And yeah. Okay. And then, anyway. and, and then you're going to be the reason that Those I have friends that go, I don't know about Shovel Knight. It's 15 bucks. Just, just <laughs> buy Shovel Knight just is buy so it. worth 15 bucks. Like, just, oh my God, people. Soundtrack like, alone. Yeah. Two, two hours of work on minimum wage. All my friends have minimum wage jobs. There's no. There is no excuse. Yeah, translate that. Two hours of, of shitty flipping burgers labor right. into like five hours of rollicking of shovel fun. Night. Yeah. <laughs> it, it needs no adjective. It is shovel night. Or thousand one spikes or whatever. There's all these games that are like ten and fifteen bucks, and my friend's like, uh when it goes down to five. And I'm like, you can't no. It might not Just, ever go down to five. Oh dog attack. Yeah. Wow. Freak out. <laughs> It's all good. It's all, it's all good. good. It's Your all dog good. feels me. He knows, he or she knows the pain of of trying to sell of, games to your friends. Hearing friends complain about your friends low just, game. They <laughs> might end up just not liking video games that much, and then they just have a worse life. You can say not, that to them. Yeah. Right. Right. So we've we've gone on for a while. Oh, actually, I tend to do We were good. starting to run out of time a while ago, but we had fun. We, we uh we crossed many, many adventuresome vistas to get to this point and say goodbye. Thank you, Jonathan Holmes, for showing up. We very much appreciate it. And thank you to anyone listening in. And remember that you can find us all on YouTube at our respective channels. And um, Jonathan Holmes, you know, for his stuff, you could just go to Destructoid. Are there any other projects you want to pimp right now? Uh, Actually, Sup Holmes is separate now because of that Kickstarter. So if people want to mm-hmm, watch it, mm-hmm. it is YouTube.com slash Show. You can see Perfect. Yeah, yeah. And anyways, if you, the listener, have anything to add to the topics we've discussed today, feel free to talk about it in the forums. I'm sure there will be some very enlightening discussion about uh, outrage culture on there after this goes <laughs> up. But uh, anyways, no, we like it. We like it. We like talking about what you guys talk about. So um, keep it up. Keep it up. And uh, yeah, we, hope, we hope to see you there in the forums. We hope to see you there next week. Have a good week, everybody. Bye. 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 <laughs>
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.